In today's episode, we get to speak to John Stoy. John is someone who, after years of climbing the Wall Street um, corporate ladder, became disillusioned with it, went on to open a sushi company, and then left that to start a new business. He went from being, you know, from managing an investment portfolio of almost $4 billion and being wined and dined by Wall Street salesmen to starting his own business to becoming a stay-at-home dad. He's had a phenomenal journey. So let's find out what kind of mindset did he have or how did he change his mindset to go from being a Wall Street person to a business, an entrepreneur and a stay-at-home dad. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. It's Gul Khan here, your money mindset expert. And today I'm super, super excited to be introducing you guys to John Stoy. Welcome, John. Well, oh, thank you. I was going to say welcome, but uh, no, thank you for having me, Gul. It's just fantastic. I'm super excited to have you. And I think when once the listeners have gone through and listened to our conversation, they'll understand why I'm so excited and super excited to introduce you to everybody. So John, um, please introduce yourself in your own words, who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, I'm a financial advisor uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia in the US. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's part of me. That's my job. But I mean, I really, I consider myself uh, a family man first. So, you know, father, husband, um, and, and son, take care of my mom as well. So I just like to, frankly, I like to help folks. Uh, it sounds uh, corny, but, but it's true. It's, it's sort of the way I've operated most of my life. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I mean, I'm a lawyer, but I always introduce myself as a mother of two, actually mother of three, um, <laughs> two humans and one cat. It used to be two cats, but my cats, the other cats have gone over now, but I'm a mother of two kids and one cat. <laughs> and that's how, uh, that's, and I, that's why I resonated with you so much. All right, so John, so you have a really, really interesting story, and this is why I'm so excited to be speaking to you. So tell us, John, how did you, for those of you who don't know, John and uh, John Ayer used to work on the Wall Street. So he used to manage a portfolio of around about $4 billion or something like that, and he was used to being winded down by, you know, by the greats and having this really sexy lifestyle. How did you make the decision first to go from that, that, that sort of sexy lifestyle to being, you know, to uh, being an entrepreneur and running your own business and then becoming a stay-at-home dad. That's like such a big journey. We'll talk about the, how you do that in the first and later on, but let's talk about the decision, the mindset that you needed to be able to do that. How did that, how did that come about, John? Well, so that's a, it's a great question. And then the way you asked it, I think is, is, is good because people, even friends of mine, frankly, uh, they've asked me how in, how in the wide world did I do that? Um, and I, and I think the mindset is really what's important, as you mm-hmm. say. And, the, and, and, and what allowed me, if I really think about it for the first time here with you, it's the fact that I wasn't married to that Wall Street life. Right. Um, I didn't have that as my goal from, from a youth or from a, in university or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my goal wasn't to 
manage the most money as possible, as much money as possible and to, you know, pad my bank accounts with, with money. Um, yeah. I ended up in that job almost ba- basically by luck. Uh, and it's, and it's, and it's sort of like whether the universe gave it to me or whatever it's, the, it's, it's the concept of privilege that people are talking about. Uh, I mean, I, Granted, I worked hard at school yeah. and, 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 and kept my grades up and went to a good college and all, all that kind of stuff. But I only got to Wall Street because of between my last two years of college, one of my friends whose cousin worked uh, at a bank uh, in New York City uh, phoned me up one afternoon the summer before my last year at college and said, hey, what are you doing this afternoon? And I was frankly, I was just I was looking for a summer job. And I, and, and I said, well, nothing. Um, he's like, can you make it into the city in an hour? And I'm like, wow, if I rush, yes, because I live close to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I went into the city. They needed somebody desperately to fill in for someone who had quit unexpectedly. And, and that was literally that. Uh, I didn't put my foot too far into my mouth. And so I got the position and they knew it was only going to be th- for three months anyway. So it didn't really matter that much to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that I enjoyed it. I liked the people I worked with. Um, and then after college, I just went right back to the same uh, company and that just started the wheels rolling. And, mm-hmm. and you know, career-wise, and I'm sure, you know, as a solicitor, lawyer, what you you know, once you get into it, you're just in it. Yeah, and, yeah, you, and, uh, you, just, yeah you just work towards it and it just carry on one thing leads to another and so forth. Yeah, I understand that. Right. And so once you're on the train and if the train is you know, stopping at good stations, which means like higher pay yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, nice uh, activities and, and recognition and, and, and all sorts of things like that, then why get off? Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I did. And I popped from, from, I went to business school and then I went to move to Chicago and then I moved to Atlanta. And, and I, I did this all the stepping stones up higher and higher within the financial you know world. Um, but it was really, I was forced to make a decision, frankly, by the uh, by the financial crisis of, of a decade ago. Um, and uh, we I was working for a firm that went out of business. Um, right. And then sort of the entrepreneurial uh, spirit sort of kindled in me a little bit. Um, and, and a partner and I, we started our own financial firm and a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always talk about this is always a fun story to talk about. I won't bore your listeners here with it, but if it's, if it's more, if it, if it, if it was people that were totally into finance, I would tell them about how I almost became uh, sort of like a character in, in the Michael Lewis book, the big short. Uh, and I knew some of those people, but that didn't happen. I didn't make millions uh, or anything like that. So uh, that's okay. Uh, when that didn't work out for one reason or another, I sat at home and I thought, well, I'm tired of someone else. And this is the way I felt. Yeah. I'm tired of someone else controlling my future because of in the, the two to three instances where I had lost my position, it was nothing to do with my performance. It was yeah. all extraneous events. And so I said, I've got to take control. And that's how I ended up in the, in the food business and how I ended up starting a sushi company <laughs> because if I figured people want to eat and I wanted to, to do something that was healthy and sushi mm-hmm. is relatively healthy, uh, especially compared to, um, say, hot dogs. And, and the funny thing, I say hot dogs because of uh, one of the most profitable food businesses that you can have is a hot dog stand. Because oh, wow. of just, it's, it's just statistically the, the case that the, the, the hot dogs don't cost much 
and uh, your margins are really high. <laughs> um, so it's super popular and super profitable, but not something I really wanted to do. <laughs> so how did you go? For, I, mean, I mean, when you were sitting there in your home and thinking about what, you know, and I love that idea because I think most entrepreneurs who don't know they're entrepreneurs usually come from that, mind, you know, that aspect. Like, I don't want someone else to rule my life. I don't want someone else to decide when uh, I can take holidays or what I can do or, or what kind, or what amount or how much money I can make and how I can make money, etc. That's when the desire to be your own boss, you know, sort of ignites within you and you sort of take action upon that. Mm-hmm. That requires a lot of courage. Now, what, did you have family by then? Were you married with children by then? Yeah. Um, so I was married. Uh, we didn't have our son yet, but that played a huge part as well into my decision-making process because uh, my wife is a physician and she works just crazy hours. She's mm. on call overnight at the hospital, things like that. And we found that during the first several years of our marriage, I was working typical finance hours are basically 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a full day. And yeah. her schedule is such that um, she could work all day or all night. And we would see each other fairly seldomly um, in, during, the, during the week. And then even weekends that she, was, she would be on call, I wouldn't see her then either. So we weren't, just weren't seeing enough, enough mm-hmm. of each other. And to me, that was the most important thing in my life. And I said, okay, well, you know, can we do something that allows us to spend more time together? Um, and you know, we were, again, luckier than some because her being a physician, she, she, she earned enough to pay for the, for the, <laughs> the mortgage and things like that. But, um, but our decision as a family was, okay, instead of being this go, 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 uh, you know, couple that makes all this money. Um, let's do something that's just more important for us because life's short. Yeah, it is very much so. But that still, I mean, I, I appreciate that. And, I, and this is, I mean, I'm going to stop here for a moment and, you know, and say, you know, congratulations to you, both you and your wife, because a supportive partner is essential, especially if, you know, when, if you, if you are married, if your partner's not supportive of your decisions, then it becomes an uphill struggle even further, because then you have to not only struggle with the external world, but also with your, with your partner and trying to make your dreams a reality. And then that's when most people actually fail, because if you don't have the support network at home, um, unless you're single, it, it's very difficult to sort of move ahead. So oh, you know, that, sure. that's, that's brilliant that your, your partner was on board, but still, being a man and being, you know, supposed, you know, supposedly the provider, how do you, cause you know, long-term, if you're, you know, when your business is successful, you can be providing for your family and, you know, future your children and so forth. But in that moment, having that courage to take the decision, like, okay, I'll take a pay cut. I'll stay at home. I will do whatever's necessary to build my business and make sure that I'm here available and, and you know, be able to see you based on your hours because you're going to be, you know, may become the main breadwinner. And also because she, you know, obviously she's a physician, she's not going to start a business, whereas you could and you would look into. So it was a way to make a compromise in the relationship as well to make the relationship work and also for you to make your dreams work mm-hmm. and her supporting you along the way. But that's that's easier than done. And I know that you're saying it and saying it very like, oh, we did this. But I know as a mindset coach, how much courage is required in order for you to come to that decision and then have the gumption to stick to it and say, no, I'm going to follow it through. I'm not going to go back and get another job because it's very, a lot of people make this decision like, oh, I'm going to go and make start business. First hurdle or first issues come up and, you know, the dynamics at home are not um, ideal. But let's, just, let's just say that. And then they jump the gun and they say, okay, I'm back into employment. And that happens Quite a lot. I've seen that happen quite a lot. Yes. How did you overcome that? How did you have the, the, I think the question is, where did you find the gumption to stick to that decision? 
Okay, so so there's and there, there's that's actually a two part question. So the first, where did I get the gumption from initially? Uh, I, I'd call it almost in retrospect foolhardiness more than gumption, um, and that's because of 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 the history, right? We carry our baggage, all of us, with us, mm-hmm. um, and at that point in my life, basically all of my baggage was good baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, it every single thing that I had done you know, purposely or accidentally had worked out. Even once I had lost a job um, because I clashed with a boss, the next job I found very quickly was a huge step up. And so in my mind, I couldn't fail. There was no such thing as failure. Uh, I hadn't experienced that probably since I was in third grade uh, (laughs) uh, long, long ago. And so when I talked with, with friends and I had ended up getting a couple partners in this business uh, for a while, um, when we talked about what we were going to do, it, the sky was the limit. We were going to have uh, sushi uh, stores or delivery, um, delivery production facilities all over the country and then potentially in other countries. We were really dreamers. And of course, you know, that didn't come into fruition. Um, but, but that allowed me to do it because if I just assumed that I would have this great success. But I would say that's a mindset thing. So, so you're, again, I, I think you're very underplaying this. So somebody can look upon something as half glass full or half glass empty. And if every single person looks back in their life and see where they are, a lot of the things which at times when they went bad, if they really think about it, they actually were working for them, even losing the job or losing you know, the divorce or whatever. It actually works in their favor. It's just how you choose to view it. And when you choose mm-hmm. to view things positively, which you just mentioned from the age of three, everything has worked in your favor. I'm going to say you're not thinking positively because things are working in your favor. Things are working in your favor because you are thinking, seeing them as positive. Like, well, that happened and the positive thing happened. That happened and the positive thing happened. So when I take this step, positive things will happen. So you're expecting mm-hmm. and you have the mindset of having positive things happen to you. So I'm going to say that was, that, that was the prerequisite. Your mindset has always been positive. You're an optimistic it- person. It, it, it has. I'm, I'm optimistic for sure. Um, uh, I'm a, I, and and it, frankly, it's a reason why our, our, my marriage with my wife is so great because of she's very realistic. And as a physician, she has to be. She's in an operating room. Yeah. She has to be very, very, very connected to only what's happening in the real world. You can't pretend things away. Uh, but I am always looking forward and looking and, and just wanting something good to happen. And I want good things to happen to other people. And, and frankly, it's one of the reasons why your podcast resonate resonated with me when I started listening to it because of exactly that. And, and even in that business, in that sushi business, uh, I had a partner who um, ended up hiding information from me and, and stole a significant amount of money. And people say, you must hate that guy. And and I had to threaten to sue him and all this kind of stuff. It was really unpleasant. But, but I don't because of, I feel badly for him that he needed to go through that in his life. And I yeah. know he's unhappy. And I, it doesn't do me any good to spend my own energy hating him or, or anybody for that matter. Because exactly. if that's just, there's, no, there's nothing good that comes of that. Um, nope. And so... So that I think you're right that the whole it's the whole it is the mindset that allows you to do it because of you can easily as an entrepreneur get knocked off track and then just say well forget about it 
-hmm. it's so much easier just to let somebody else make decisions for me um, and take a paycheck every two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, from what I've heard from you, I've not, you've put it as things are easy or the privilege, and you mentioned that a couple of times already. And I, yes, you know, we can dust another conversation another time, but when I speak to entrepreneurs, especially when I go and do my research on them, nothing on your plate has been easy. It's just, you've, it's come and you've worked for it and you've achieved success. Not all the time, as you just mentioned, the fact that you had this um, occurrence with this uh, business partner, which by the way, some people can see, oh, a major disaster happened. And I was, you know, someone cheated on me out of me a large amount of money and I lost a lot of money. You choose to see, well, I, it wasn't as successful as I chose to be. And then I left it and I chose something else and I'm successful at that. So it's again, everything you're saying and every all the success that's come to you has been because of your own self your own mindset i'm not yes you're maybe at the right place at the right time as you mentioned like it's just you know trading or you know the wall street fell and chill up but then again i would say because of your positive energy people would think of you and people approach you and that's why because people like being around positive people people like being around success-minded people and you are exactly that and this is yeah. what i love about you oh thank you um that's too much of a compliment because of, uh, it, 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 I think, and you alluded to this, it's, it's not as, it's not always easy. Um, no. And so people look at positive people and say, oh, why is that? That person's always happy. But we're, yeah. but we're not always. And I will say that um, I sold my sushi business uh, because, basically because our son was born. We had, we had a child and the sushi production happened overnight so that our sushi could be as fresh as possible. And we delivered it for lunches the next day. So we made the sushi overnight. We packaged, we packaged it and delivered it. So that was only hours old um, when it got to uh, whoever was eating it. So it was basically fresh sushi. Mm. Um, well, if you've got a, you know, three month old in the house uh, and the I've been phone there, rings, done that twice. So I know what's go. required. You sure do. Uh, <laughs> And the phone rings for one parent that says, okay, um, you know, there's an emergency at the hospital. You need to come in. And then a half hour later, the phone rings for the other parent that says, uh, my manager at the production facility says, oh, boss, we ran out of avocados. What do I do? And normally I would get up and go and find more avocados for him at, uh, at three in the morning and we would continue production. Um, well, after the second time or so where I had to say, you know what? just cancel the deliveries for tomorrow because of X, Y, or Z. Um, we made again, a family decision to, that, that, that I would sell the company. I did that. And then I sat at home and it was several months when I thought to myself, oh, I thought this company was going to make me rich. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about that a little earlier, how I had the pie in the sky, uh, hundreds of, of, of facilities across the world. Um, and it didn't happen. Uh, and so that, that, that bugged me. Um, and it probably affected uh, time, the, even the time that I was very happily able to spend with my son. Uh, but later, it, it, I got out of it because people started saying to me, and they helped me out. They didn't know they were helping me. But they started saying, wow, that's so cool. You sold your company. That's so great. Because we know the statistics. Most companies just simply go out of business. Yeah. Most small businesses just stop operating when the owner either gives up, can't make it, or retires or whatever, hmm. they don't get sold and, and continue on in a, in a life of their own. And, and mine did, and, and they're, still, they're still doing a great job. And so I had to put that back into my head that, oh, you did, that was actually a success in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, 
And then of course the experience and working with different people and all that kind of stuff. Now I look back on it and invaluable. And I, and, and I love the folks that I met in the food business. They're completely different than the types of folks that are in the finance business. And so it's, uh, it's, 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 it's those kinds of things that allow me now to, to speak to a much broader range of, of, of clients in my own um, firm, you know, right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I think that no skills are, are lost. I, I think, and I have a very, a very spiritual, um, spiritual thinking on the lines anyway, that everything that you go through in life is just your training for the next level up. And so that training that you had, the skills that you honed and the training you received when you had that, that sushi business helped you to be, become a, a better financial advisor for your clients at the moment. So those skills just move on. I don't, I'm not practicing law at the moment, but yes, my legal skills and being able to speak to people, someone, it was all, all ranges of people from a lay person to solicitor to, to the judge and um, even high professional clients. I was able to converse with all range of people. And that mm-hmm. is the ability that I use at the moment in my current, um, you know, current career. So skills are always um, transferable and that's what you've been doing, which is fabulous. But then again, that requires you to recognize the fact that you do have those skills and appreciate yourself. And I, and this is something that I keep coming back to, you know, self-appreciation because you have nothing's coming easy. You're just moving, picking yourself up and moving on. And I love, and I love the fact that you've mentioned that you do have low moments. I mean, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I'm, I'm seeing this all smiling, laughing, but I have my low moments too. You, we are humans. We are going to be having this human experience. We are going to be emotional beings. So some emotions are negative. Some emotions are when you're sad and you have those odd days. It's just the positive days are greater in number compared to the sad ones. And yeah. that's what allows you to be successful, right? Yeah, I know. I think, I think so. I think so because of, um, you know, even when you drive around and you can see people with, you're looking at people, other people's cars and you see the looks on their faces. And sometimes I just think, I'm like, oh man, you know, there's something that's not going right with that person. Yeah. You can just tell. And then other times you see people singing along to the radio in their car and, and, uh, and it can make you smile. So, you know, the, everybody's That'd living their own life. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds that's funny. That's something that me and my son do will be put the music on with my daughter because she thinks it's really embarrassing. <laughs> teenager now. So when she gets out of the car and it's just, I'm dropping him off to his school we put the music on really loud and we're both singing to the top of our voices whatever and people around the, <laughs> the car room for you what are they doing but we me and my son are we're having a ball happy people yeah okay <laughs> awesome so so now you are you've become a financial advisor for small people or small businesses or so what sort of who are you helping now I help. I do. I do help some small business owners and 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 frankly and larger business owners but uh, but but just regular folks. Um, right. So not ultra high net worth type of individuals. I'm not going after the, 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 the hundred millionaire uh, mm. type of people because of, you know, they're, they are getting served. They're getting served by the, the JP Morgans and, and yeah. uh, of the world. Uh, and, um, and they enjoy the type of treatment they get from those big firms. Um, yeah. And that's fine. Uh, but, but, but there's a, there's a big middle of folks who, who, who need help as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's who, who I try to try to work with. And, you know, and it's, it's, to me, it's, it's the, right now it's the most rewarding thing, um, you know, that I've ever done. And I've told people that, you know, I, I'm very in touch with the community of financial independence, retire early. I don't know if you ever heard of that term. Yes, of Fire course. movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, People ask me, well, what's your what's your fine number? When are you going to retire? What's your date? I, I, you know, I said, here's the thing. Right now, I don't 
ever plan on retiring from what I'm doing because I just enjoy it. And yeah. again, I'm lucky. I'm not breaking stones for a living. My body uh, doesn't have to be, you know, at, at, at full peak performance in order for me to do my job. I just need mm -hmm. to you know, my mind needs to work and I can type at a keyboard um, and talk to people. But, but that's, but I don't want to retire. Um, and I just, I feel so driven by the fact that there are, unfortunately, and you've talked about this in other episodes of your, of your, of your show, which I hope people listen to about, I think most, one of the recent ones was Golden Rule uh, and, 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 and stuff like that, um, where, the golden there rule of making money, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, the, so the golden rule of, of, of making money is, you know, wanting other people to do well, then you'll do well. It's not a zero-sum game. No. Um, but having been on Wall Street and having been on trading floors and lived, having lived through the actual things happening that you see in movies where they say, the trader says, oh, man, that was great. I just ripped that guy's face off. In other words, that he just stole or took or made a ton of money off of this other guy who now is stuck with something that's probably not worth as much as he thought it was. Um, that's not a positive way <laughs> to go about business. Um, and then in the, in the, in the, in the, even in the personal finance community and advisory community, there's so many uh, people who work for firms who the people themselves may not even know it, but the firm's goal is only to make as much from the client as possible. And they don't care about the future success of that client. Right. Um, and, and I can't operate that way. I had somebody express this to me. He was a professor in, uh, in, in, in business school. And mm -hmm. he said, you want to be, and, and you'll have to forgive the words because it's, it seems bad, but it's good. Uh, you want to be long-term greedy uh, with your clients. And we were like, what does that mean? He said, well, you want to have your hands as deep in your client's pockets as possible so that you can make as much as possible. But, and this is the big but, in order for you to do that, they have to be as successful as possible. Yeah, of course. Of and course. so, right, short-term greedy might be is how much, how can I make as much money off of them tomorrow? And then they might be out of business or they'll just be disappointed with your service and they'll give up on you. But if you are long-term, thinking long-term with that client, you could be a, one of their professionals that they engage for years and years and years. And that's what you want. You want people yeah. to say, boy, I never would have had the success that I had uh, if not for so-and-so uh, yeah. working with them. And, th and that's what I want uh, for, for, my, for my clients. Um, and so that's why I had to basically I had to build my own firm because of so few uh, financial advisors sort of work in this, in the, in this fashion. Wonderful, wonderful. So John, wrapping this up now, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. What sort of, uh, where, where can we find you? So we, all the links that John mentions will be in the show notes as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then it will be on the description. But um, are there any links that you want to highlight at the moment, John? Well, you know, if somebody wants to learn a bit more about me, uh, my story, or, or my company, uh, Verbatim Financial, they just need to just go to Verbatim financial.com. Um, and, 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 and like you said, I'm, you'll, I'm sure it'll be the links, but I, you know, I blog there. I'm not a prolific blogger, but, but I blog when something is important to me and, and I think it might be important to somebody else. Um, so, uh, so I think there's, there's some things, um, in there that's about my personal life. There's some things about there, there that's a, that's about business. Um, and so I think the best way to, for anybody to just 
if they're at all interested, <laughs> they can go there and, and, and it'll lead them on the path. Thank you so much. And I think there'll be plenty of people who will be interested in finding out how you can support them. Because I know most people that I sort of the entrepreneurs I talk to are not the high end. They're right in the middle who are either they're starting off or they're hitting five figures, six figures, and maybe in seven figures. But then once they hit seven figures, they need someone to guide them, help them to invest that money so they can make, become financially free. As you mentioned before, I don't want to retire. You don't want to retire. But I do want to become financially free. So then three to five years time, I don't have to work if I don't want to. And I can still have my Bentley. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cars girl. Yes. <laughs> of course. All right. Thank you so much for being such an awesome guest, John. I think we'll have to have you back another time in a, in a, in a, in a, in a few months' time to speak on specifically about a particular topic because I think this is quite important for people to know in terms of how, you know, how they can become financially free in the coming years. And for those listening, thank you so much for being such an audio, um, awesome audience. I will be back with another, another Friday feature with another amazing guest sharing their inspiration story, how they change their mindset to change their abundance. And this, until the next time we meet, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.golkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Take care and bye for now.